Hello, and welcome to Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast. I am Bedlam, the aforementioned GM. This month's episode contains adult language and some imagery that some listeners might find disturbing. So listener discretion is advised. Once again, we thank you for joining us as we continue creating our story. We hope you enjoy. Hello, I am Mark McGrath, and I am playing Frax Rome. Hello, I'm Matthew Wagner. I am playing uh, Valreal Taz Axon, a gold dragonborn. I am Carrie Dennis. I play Tyla Lore. I am a half-elf fighter. Hello, my name is Peyton Palmer. I'm playing Mirmalnir, the Amethyst Dragonborn monk. Well, I'm Percy, and I'll be playing Grom the Toothy. Last session, the group resumed their carousing with the eccentric gnomes from the apparently clockwork heavy town of Ekinaw. They further reinforced the notion that an entity named Auntie Marion could potentially help with the party's various malignant conditions. They engaged in some gambling, which left Mirmalnir, the new owner of a clockwork squirrel, and Brax on the hook for an expensive bottle of spirits. Never a welcher, Brax committed to two of the extravagant bottles before asking the cost and ended up paying a veritable dragon's hoard for the potables. Tyler returned to the common room after experiencing a dream which inevitably made sleep difficult. Despite her contentment in spending some time alone, she was compelled to rejoin the party once Grom saw her and called her over. The night continued on, and Tyler grew increasingly annoyed and impatient at the group belaboring her prized dagger. The evening inevitably drew to a close, and everyone eventually retired. The next morning, they departed Upper Dispucia without fanfare and continued northward. Along the way, they first encountered the aftermath of what appeared to be a caravan that had fallen prey to a dragon attack, and the evidence of the lightning burns suggested the culprit was of the blue persuasion. Continuing on, they next encountered an intriguing road merchant plying some unconventional wares. The party was initially taken aback by the vendor due to the fact that the majority saw a beautiful enigmatic elf-like creature with vines for hair, while Grom and Brax observed a creature shrouded in shadow and bone. Exchanges were made, and they parted ways with Elia Nevercross, seemingly no worse for the wear. Seemingly. Farther down the road, the group came upon two travelers apparently enraptured by an interdimensional portal rooted in a large dead tree, complete with a plethora of otherworldly eyes and tentacles. One of the enthralled was summarily consumed by the breach, or whatever was on the other side, and the other lost his temper and attacked. Several other aberrant creatures joined the fray, and eventually, after a mind-blowing exhibition of martial prowess, the group emerged victorious. With the threat subdued for the moment, Mirmalnir prayed to his god Crusodros to aid in closing the otherworldly breach. And much to the surprise of everyone, including the DM, he answered. It is at this point we will resume our story with everyone having just witnessed a literal divine intervention. Well, uh, seeing that, I guess I'm going to just kind of step back a little bit and 
wander back over to Valeriel and try to see if I can't help patch up some of his wounds. I'm kind of speechless. Yes, Valeriel is hurt, and it is obvious. Hey, let's get him into the back of the wagon. Maybe a bit lazy, but maybe a little bit hurt. But uh, if you mind, help me into this wagon. Hey, give me your hand. We'll get you there. I much appreciate it. I'll help him into the back. No problems there. You help Valeriel into the back of the coach of the wagon being drawn by Mr. Stumblebottoms. The immediate problem that presents itself is uh, Chip is hurt. He's alive. And Brax, you're pretty sure that he's going to live, but he's not as spry as he normally is. And that will also leave Bojack riderless. Yeah, so after I help uh, V get into the wagon there, I'll, I'll go over to Chip. And I mean, is there anything I can do more than... Uh, what I already have. It's kinda... I don't believe so, unless uh, you have any magical solutions, but you've pretty much exhausted the standard conventional medicine that is in your skill set. I don't imagine any of y'all are able to uh, help out this fellow right here, are you? I'm afraid I don't have anything that was, uh, would assist you. I am not a healer, despite what this last battle would tell us. I wonder if we could rig up some kind of harness and support him between the other two horses. Just to take a little weight off while we get to town. And I will tell you, he's not, like, laying down immobile. Let's have a roll of some sort. Uh, Brax, he's your horse, so let's do either survival or animal handling. 21? Yeah, you know, you helped him. You stabilized him. He can walk, but it's going to not be at the standard pace of... It's even going to be more of a slow pace. He's hurt, and you have a relationship with that horse, and he trusts you, and he will try to walk for you, but it's not going to be fast. All right, guys, here's the here's the situation I'm in right now. Is Chip ain't going to be going nowhere very fast, and I'm not entirely sure where we're at. We're kind of in the middle of nowhere right now, right? Do we set up camp then? I'm thinking this might be the best thing, but if we could get maybe, I don't know, like a half a mile away from this... Well, I don't, I don't know the spring here. What is, what's going on with this spring? I was worried about this tree, but now think about it. We got this, this magical spring here. Can this, can this thing help us? One way to find out. Shoot, I guess I'll go over there. Is it all right if I drink out of this water? Do you think that'll help? I'm a little hurt. Maybe it'll help me out. At that, I'm gonna walk over and I'm just gonna do a hand cup full of water and take a drink of it. See if it's still got any divine presence in it or if it's just water at this point. All right, Miramilnir, you kneel down and take a handful of water. You drink it, it is refreshing. It's cool, it's clean, and when you take that sip, you recover one hit point. You feel a little invigorated. I think this water could help, even if just a little. I'll go ahead and take a sip myself then. Brax, you kneel down. Roll me a perception. 24. As you bring it to your, at your face, as we all do when we take a drink of something, we inadvertently take an inhale and smell it. Uh, it's not quite as invigorating and fresh as Miramilnir presented it was. Do you still take a drink? Yeah, I'll still take a drink of it. As you do so, your body convulses and you spit it out. It is brackish. It is nasty. And you take one hit point of necrotic damage. Oh, jeez, oh, jeez, what? I thought you said this was good stuff. You know what? I bet oh man, is this, this is your, this is your god, right? Your god? I don't follow him. He probably hates me. <laughs> well, you don't have scales. And I will say, uh, with that high perception roll, you do kind of notice that spring is starting to subside a little bit. Jeez, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to give Chip any of that, but it looks like this thing might be shriveling up if you want to drink up. It'll look a little worse for the wear. No. Let's just let it wash away. 
Well, I suppose we should choose a direction then. You said you wanted to be about a half mile off trail. Oh, I just want to get away from this tree. I don't really feel very comfortable with it around. I know that that spring did whatever it did to the, the thing that was in there, but just a little ways. I'll be honest. This particular place seems to be a magnet for the divine. We better move along before we get caught in one of their wars. I recommend in the direction we were originally heading. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, anybody anybody want to walk next to Bojack? or? I'll walk with him. Appreciate it. I don't mind this horse's name. It sounds pretty cool. Anybody who happens to be looking at Mr. Snugglebottoms sees him mad-dogging the hell out of Grom Ring. <laughs> <laughs> I said your damn name, horse, Mr. Snugglebottoms. All right, so I suppose we just... It's still afternoon, but the sun is starting to dip towards the horizon. Well, let's find a bit of shade and set up camp. Agreed. I'm for that. All right, how far away from the site would you like to travel before you try to find a suitable campsite? I was thinking about a half mile or something like that. All right, let's have an animal handling from Grum, and I'm assuming Miramilnir, you are driving? Yep, I'll be driving. Miramilnir, roll yours with advantage. 18. Uh, you have no problem with Mr. Talk about him. Grom, what did you roll? I got a six. Bojack is not, he's very, where's my, where's my human? Excuse me, where's my dragonborn? Uh, you're not my dragonborn. You're not even dragonborn. Let's, uh... Calm yourself, horse. Quit jerking all over the place. He's just there in the wagon. I hear the commotion. I peek my head out. It's like, Bojack. Tell, tell your horse to calm down. Bojack, take it easy. I am no shape to ride you right now. I should have stuck with that damn pet squirrel. These horses are no end of trouble. Shouldn't have volunteered to walk you, horse. Need help over there? I Can't might. a little horse? You think the horse is, is uh, bitching at you just as, as much as you're bitching at him? As a group, you manage to proceed along the road. Uh, you make it a decent amount of distance uh, without encountering anything that uh, might give you pause or anything, really. You reach a point where... Well, I'd say on our walk, I'd like to keep my eye up for any rabbits or birds or something we could take down for a little bit of a snack once we set up camp. Roll survival with disadvantage because your eyes are do not like the sun, even though it is bordering on sunset. 21. Yeah, there's some small game along the way. I got us a brace of conies. Yeah, brace of conies works just fine. All right, well, I'm going to say let's have a collective survival roll from everybody except Valryl. I've got a seven. I also got a seven. I got a 22. I got a natural 20, 23. Thank goodness you guys are here. (laughs) (laughs) Grom is fighting with Bojack. You are still in contemplation about things, and you are observing Grom fight with Bojack. Mm -hmm. But the other two know what they're about, and they manage to find a little deviance from the road, a stream that seems a lot cleaner than uh, what you previously tested there, Brex. Yeah, a nice uh, nice little spot to set up camp which I'm going to reuse the camp map from last time, so sorry about that. This place looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> I feel comfortable here. Yeah, I feel in a deja vu. Please describe to me how you would like to set up camp. I'm going to be over by Let Gain's grave. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We don't have to have a map. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I carved my initials into this particular log. <laughs> Uh, fire's not quite going yet. I think I'll work on getting that started well, or gathering up some little pieces of wood and such. How many tents are we pitching? Just give me the kind of the layout of how you want to... Well, Bojack is a good-looking horse. <laughs> Be, I'll do a tent, at least one for me, 
I guess. Hey, V, do you want you want to share this tent or do you want to get your own? I'm all right sharing a tent. Better sleep on the ground than in this wagon. That sounds good. I'll get that uh, I'll get that pitched up after I get these horses tied up. Oh, I'm gonna get off the wagon and help him tie up the horses. Got enough energy for that. Bojack had enough of ground stuff. Take it easy there now. Don't don't be pushing yourself too hard. I, I need to move around a little bit, limber up. I imagine Grom and Tyler Laura probably share a tent. I I'd be fine just sleeping outside. All right. Well, about the time you get all the tents pitched and the horses taken care of, Brax, you take a little extra time with uh, with Chip to make sure he's gonna be in a good position to heal overnight. We can uh, drag some logs over to the fire for sitting purposes, and you know, here we are back in a well-struck camp. Uh, it's been one hell of a day. What do you make of all that, Mermilner? Good job. Did I get it? <laughs> We're shooting from the hip on that one. I don't even know what I make of it. Which I am going to say real quick, the fact that you are no longer calling him Murray, or when you try to do so, you have struggle a little bit. It gives you pause when it happens. Like, that, that's that's weird, but then it's almost as if immediately something distracts you right away, and it's out of your mind. Does your god usually take such a hand in your life? To be honest, seems like the only times he ever makes contact with me is to torment me. I should tell him to torment you more like that in the future. Saved our heights. So far, that's the only thing he's actually done to help me. I thought you were out here looking for him. Is this the first thing he's done for you? That seems kind of strange. Say, why do you follow him? You know, the longer I've been up here, I, I'm not sure... There are times I think the only reason I'm searching for this statue is so that the ones I call my family can at least get back to a sense of normalcy. All 14 of them. Did you say your cave was pretty small? Tribe? Yeah, there, there used to be more of us, but over time, some left and never returned. And <laughs> Well, we've got you quite off track on your journey. Yep. But if I didn't believe in your God before, I certainly believe in him now. <laughs> I'll be honest, I just thought it was some statue. He is a powerful being. What do y'all make of that portal? Have you ever seen anything like that? Wow. I mean, not exactly like that, I don't think. I thought it was I, I, it's just strange. I mean, you guys saw the portal rip out of the air with that other dude looking for a sword. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It was, I haven't really seen little monsters come out of a portal before. V, you ever seen that? No, other than that portal, like you said, where you've seen that demon come out. I just don't understand this. This is some strange shit. Is this the wizard work, maybe? Boy, he cut off his own ear. That was the craziest shit I ever saw. What the hell would make a man do such a thing? Hmm. I don't know, but I don't like it. We have dragons, other worlds, deities. This is the craziest trip I've ever been on. This is, this is quite something else. I mean, I, uh... Jeez, I just never knew that gods actually help people out. Seems like they're always just causing trouble to me. Boy, we must be here for a reason. If the gods have taken such an interest, they must really hate this Medlack fella as well. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> and if we don't get killed by this damn dragon, hopefully we'll find him in a couple days. Yeah, that's a that's a good point there, actually. Um, how's our cover for, like, the dragon? Is he going to see our fire and want some kind of little tasty snack? We ain't too far away from those other dragon tracks, were we? Well, I hate to say it, but if he comes, I hope he takes the horses first. Or at least Mr. Snugglebottom. I put him at the end. Can horses spit? 
Snuggle Bottoms is half a llama. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you're wearing that necklace, love. That'll protect you from that damnable dragon breath. Oh, yeah? I believe it protects you from electricity, shocking things, lightning. Hmm. Then I'm double protected. Well, <laughs> thank goodness. As crazy as it's been, I don't know what I'd do if I lost you. Agreed. It has been a few short weeks, but we've definitely seen some things together. Yeah, I didn't realize that was such bad luck. So how do you all suppose we're going to find this Medlock fella once we get up north? I feel like uh, all the problems find us first. <laughs> yes, but in what order? At this point, it doesn't really matter. Well, let's try and cure this curse and any other things that might slow us down before we find Medlock. The last time we fought him, it was a bitch. Well, I guess I've got another question, too. What the hell do you suppose we all do when that damned beast comes back? That one looking for the sword? Yeah, that dog-faced demon. Even if we find the sword, I'm not giving it to him. (laughs) Why? I mean, why? We can't give anything to something like that. We've got to kill it. Quite the go-getter, really. I mean, you're you're like just all all gung-ho about killing everything. Well, I don't have a fine bow like yours. I could see why you wouldn't want to be up close. Do you just let it live, then? Let what live? That little dog man? Yeah, that... Dog-faced demon. Well, I... I mean, this first time I ever seen him, he's been living this whole time. He had a sword before, right? He said it was his. <laughs> <laughs> I like you, Brax. You look at the world a completely different way than me. You don't want to hunt dragons for any treasure. You don't want to kill the demon. What do you want to do? I like adventure, I guess. I, so, I don't know. I like to just run around. I don't see why I have to be killing everything you see. He wants to do the things that won't get him dead. I do like that aspect of things, of not getting, you know, stabbed with little pokey objects or getting bit by demons coming out of the air. Little tentacles. You see what the little tentacle monster did to those lions? Poof. Yeah, I wouldn't be looking forward to seeing any more of those. Damnable things didn't even have any bones. It's kind of uh, no use for them. Ah. <sighs> Boy, it's been a crazy evening. I think I'm going to crawl off to bed. I hope your horse feels better in the morning. Yeah, me too. All right, so Grom, you move off to take your respite in the tent. Well, what are y'all thinking? I'm I'm pretty tired. Uh, if I could take maybe second or third watch, that'd be great. I don't I... think I'm going to take any watch if you guys don't mind. I don't think I'm going to go <laughs> crawl off to bed. I'm hurt pretty bad. I think I can take first watch for y'all. I can take second. Sounds good. Just wake me up, then. Uh, before I crawl off to bed, I'd like to go just kind of sit by the river and meditate for about 30 minutes. Uh, Miramal near. you just want to meditate for a half hour and then get some sleep? Yeah, I'll go find a tree to lean up against. Tyler, as you sit by the fire, trying not to let its light ruin your night vision, something catches your attention just past the tree line. A figure stands motionless, staring at you eerily. You can't make out the defined features, but seeing the platinum blonde hair reflecting in the firelight, it is unmistakably Gwendolyn. You look closer and behold a startling sight. Blood pours from a slit in her throat, as well as her eyes, or at least where they used to be. Her gouged eye sockets hauntingly stare at you lifelessly. That can't be real. 
I'm gonna close my eyes and rub them. And look again. There's nothing there. Knew it. I'm on my guard. That said, roll me a wisdom saving throw and a perception. Seven on that wisdom saving throw. Seventeen on the perception. The moments that you remain awake, there doesn't seem anything threatening, anything encroaching upon your camp past your little momentary observation of whatever it was you saw on the tree line. But you do struggle to stay awake a little bit, but you make it through your watch. You kind of nod off here and there, but no harm, no foul. And it reaches the point where I believe Mirmolnir said he would take the next watch. Okay, I will walk over to Mirmolnir. Hey. Yeah. You get to take that watch? Yep. Okay. Um, there's something odd going on. Be careful. All right. I'll keep an eye out. And then since I meditated and gained my key points back, I would like to use two of them to give myself dark vision. Sweet. Somebody's been reading that book. <laughs> the sad thing is I've known about this one the entire time. I've just never used it. And I'm just going to climb into the tent next to Grom. The fire has burnt down a little low, given Tylor's in and outness of her watch. Do you want to stoke it up, or do you want to leave it low, given the fact that you night-visioned yourself? I'll kind of just leave it low, just enough to keep it alive. Well, let's have a wisdom saving throw and a perception. Uh, that's a ten to wisdom, nine perception. As you sit and hold vigil, your eyes start to feel a little heavy. Not to the point where you're nodding off, but you kind of drift off into that zone here and there. And then there is a moment. The dwindling fires, dancing shadows, kind of play with your perception just a bit. And after a moment, you make out something in the tree line. The sensual form of a scantily clad Mayala, the member of the Emerald Vengeance with whom you spent the night in the siren not five days prior. She's reaching out to you, beckoning you to join her in the woods. After a moment, her expression changes from one of flirtation to one of alarm. Her eyes bulge and you see the cause. A rubbery tentacle has wrapped around her throat and is squeezing the life from her. Another constricts her torso and she reaches to free her neck, but her efforts are useless against the iron grip of whatever has her. She tries to call out to you, but her voice is caught. Ah, fuck. I think I'm going to stand up just as an initial reaction to seeing it, but I want to, you know, do the whole blink and rub your eyes a couple times. Go to her. Probably obvious to myself that I've been nodding off. You take the time to rub your eyes, and you look up. She needs you. She's still there. No, no. But she is being drawn back into the woods. Help her. She needs you. Fuck, I don't know what to do. Damn it. I'm going to take a couple steps that way, but I think I'm going to stop myself about the time I walk by the tent. So you get just past the tent flap? Yep. And at that point, she's been taken into the woods, and you can't see anything abnormal. You abandoned 
I'm gonna walk back to the stump and I'm just gonna sit there very contemplative and mildly frustrated and just continue my watch. Okay. Your watch continues, but as it is in the dead of night, Grom, you are visited by a dream that is relatively familiar. You once again find yourself restrained to the point of immobility. The frustration of not being able to move your head is surprisingly insistent. The pain in your mouth prompts you to run your tongue over your teeth. However, you find that you can't move your tongue either. The frustration of that discovery quickly supersedes that of the immobility of your head. You look to the left and right and do take a meager solace in the fact that you can still move your eyes. As you lay there, you see the familiar thatch from before. And after a moment, you hear a voice that does not surprise you. Ah, you're back. Glad to see you decided to journey back to the realm of consciousness. A figure leans over you, and, although you anticipated it, it is still unnerving to see yourself looking down at you. Clothes still bearing the lion of Asupria, your captor holds up a jar. This next bit won't take long. It won't be fun. But it won't take long. You strain to see what the jar contains as your captor opens the lid. He tips the jar over and taps it, trying to pour something out onto your face. You see the jar's contents just before it falls out. As you gaze at the disgusting parasite about to fall from the jar, knowing full well the agony of what is to come next, it occurs to you. You've seen this before. And then it is as if time slows. The vigorous tapping on the jar is reduced to an unhurried, smooth movement. Perplexed, you move your eyes back to the you that is responsible for your dreadful predicament. And then, you sense an almost imperceptible twist in your vision. If asked, you would be hard-pressed to explain the experience. It's almost as if, for the briefest of moments... There are four tentacles extending from your captor's head, hungrily reaching out to you, desiring to gather you up in their grasp. His jaw is slackened and his mouth has changed shape into a funnel-shaped, lamprey-esque conglomeration of razor-sharp teeth. His eyes, his eyes have enlarged, and their uniformly white scrutiny seems to bore into you, see through you into the deepest parts of your existence. The skin has lost its color, and in this moment its mottled hues of gray and purple slicked in some sort of mucus. And then with another twist, as fast as it began, having no time to comprehend what you see, your captor's visage returns once more to that of yourself. Your focus returns to the immediate problem, the vile creature still in the upturned jar, precariously clinging to the rim. You wince, not quite being able to close your eyes in the face of what you know to be inevitable. You remember the excruciating pain when that abomination, mere inches from your face, burrowed into your eye socket, violating your person, desecrating your being. You begin to panic. You begin to hyperventilate. You see it clinging to the edge of the jar with a single limb. You have no idea how it hasn't fallen yet. You try to cry out, but your voice is stopped at your immobile voice box. But the last dislodging tap. 
doesn't come. Your eyes flick to pseudo Grom, only to find him seemingly frozen in place, still as a statue. Then the all too familiar voice intrudes. That was interesting. Perhaps now we should focus on what is more present. And you awake. I sit up, feeling that I'm slightly sweaty, grabbing at my eye that I knew it was going to enter. I can't even sleep anymore. Is Tyler Lord next to me? Yes. Look over at her, sleeping soundly. Boy, I've got to get a hold of myself, say to myself as I rub my eyes. Mirmal, now roll me a perception. Uh, 19. Yeah, you hear Grom mumble something inside his tent. Temporally, it is, it is about the time that you were going to wake Rex up to take third watch. Grom? I, I'll lean forward and poke my head out of the tent. Aye. Is everything all right in there? Ah, uh, no, it's not, Knuckles. These damnable visions twisting my thoughts. As just seeing things everywhere. You can go take a seat next to you on the log. I can't trust my eyes. I can't trust my mind. I'm going crazy. I can't say I know what to do about any of it. Hopefully we'll find some answers from this Auntie Marion. Hopefully. From what those gnomes were saying, she'd probably be the one to know. Well, at least we'll take care of this wood blight. Then maybe go find ourselves a, a shaman or a holy man. I think I've got something living inside my brain. Or up in my head. I don't really know what is real anymore. But for the things I've seen that do seem to be real, they seem as wild as the things that I don't think are real. Huh. I'll say this is an interesting group to travel with. But it's nice meeting you, Mer... Mer... Knuckles. I feel like... Ah, forget it. Well, it's been nice meeting you, too. Well, I suppose I should let you get some rest. I'll take third watch. Are you sure? I did leave any snacks. Ah, <laughs> uh, who am I kidding? Of course you didn't. Open my belt pouch and see me pull out a familiar slab of <laughs> troll fat. I've still, still got this to eat at least. What is that anyway? That's troll fat. you never seen a troll before. I can't say that I have. Well, conscious of lucky. They're pretty hideous things. Had a couple of them in the wilds. We'd run into from time to time. We've got to burn them. <laughs> if you just leave them alone, they'll just completely grow anew. If you cut one in half, you'll get two of them. Or they're a damnable creature. So I took this slab of one. I've had it for years. Cut off a chunk. I throw it in the fire. I'm burning. That's the only way to get rid of it. So let me make sure I got this right. You are carrying around something in your pocket that could grow to a full-size beast if you don't constantly cut it down. Aye, that's right. It is a really interesting group we have here. <laughs> it's a good thing to remember, too. I stopped at a town some days back before I ever met you guys. Or I guess some years at this point. But uh, I gave some to a young man, not recognizing that... I should have been more careful while giving it to him. Some people were bothering him, and he cut pieces off and threw it in their cellar. It was a pretty big mistake to make. I felt bad about killing him, but that's a terrible thing to do. That is a terrible thing to do. Huh, so, if you see me fall in battle, make sure you burn it. <laughs> I will make sure I do that. And never eat it raw. You'll find yourself with something crawling out here. 
Wait, if you have to burn it to destroy it, then how do you cook it without... The cooking it just keeps it from regrowing. Ah. Uh, but you gotta cook it slow. It'll light right up, almost like the fire wants it. Most damnable things in these wilds. Honestly, I say just let the fire have it. Almost as if on cue, the dwindling fire that's almost next to nothing kind of flares up and clicks towards the piece of troll meat in Grom's hand. <laughs> well, for as dangerous as it be, and for as terrible as it tastes, it'll keep us alive if there's nothing else. It's seen me through some tough times, but like I said, don't eat too much of it. I guess it's not a horrible thing to have. But it's like a full-sized beast can grow out of even the tiniest bit of it. Yeah, that's right. Are you saying you want some? No. No. Do you want to try some? It tastes like shit. So if I cook it, a beast won't grow inside of me, right? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to eat some first, just to show you it's okay? Yeah. (laughs) I'll cut a little piece off. Put it on the end of my knife. Hold it over that dwindling little flame a little bit. Roll survival to see how well you cook it. Oh, I'm going to cook it extra time for sure. This you eat like shoe leather. Hmm. 22? It's a matter of whether it's viable or it's consumed completely. The fire, as of its own volition, stokes itself and reaches towards that troll meat. But at the last possible second before it's consumed, Grom, you pull it away. Touch. Hot. Hey. Blow on it for a minute. You gotta let it get pretty warm. It's like eating leather, but it'll keep you alive. Take off a big couple chunks. It's like a rough jerky. See me make a terrible face while I'm eating it. But I choke it down. And then hand the other half of it over to you if you want it. Yeah, I'll take it and I'll just kind of take a tentative bite of it. Try and eat it like little bit by bit. Roll me a constitution. Uh, nine. It is bad. Pungent, too. It's not pleasant. You feel an urge that is not quite overwhelming, almost, to spit it out. But you manage to not. I don't know how you do it, but I... If it was between eating this and starving, I'd almost rather starve. Ah, not me. I want something big to kill me. (sighs) But respectable warrior starves. Ah, that's ridiculous. I don't (laughs) know what they teach you in that cave of yours. That's probably the reason you're wearing pajamas. Ah, starve. Ah, I can't believe you said that out loud. I'd eat any one of those horses. I was going to say, I guess if it really came down to it, I'd suffer the wrath of Nurma, and I guess I'd eat the horse. Well, I slice off half of that troll fat and throw it in the fire and wrap that little sliver back up and put it back in my pouch. Take a seat. Ah, make myself comfortable. Hey, good night, Knuckles. Good night. And then I'm just going to go... Actually, you might want to grab a bit of that rabbit and wash the taste of that troll out of your mouth. I'll actually just walk over to the river, grab a handful of water, and just swish and spit. It's not going to work. It's oily. You return to your tree? Yeah, I'm returning to the tree. Grom, roll me a wisdom saving throw and a perception, please. 16? 17. All right, you have no problems staying awake. I've got my cloth off so my eyes are super sharp. Even with the dwindled fire, you're pretty comfortable in this light. Uh, You don't feel the need, except maybe for a little bit more warmth to stoke the fire at all. And I've got alert. I can't be surprised. Nope, there's a moment where you feel like, well, we're going to have to cook breakfast, so let me stoke the fire up a little bit. But you maintain. You have no problem staying awake, and you keep a pretty significant vigil. Didn't work on my club all night. Staying sharp. Pretty soon. 
the sun starts to crest over the horizon, or at least the yellows and oranges and purples of a sunrise that promises a relatively good weather day start to fill the sky. I'll tie my strip of cloth around my eyes, and I'll start making breakfast. As you do that, you have no problem getting things prepared. You reach the point at which everybody is rested and people start to wake up uh, naturally. Rax, you might have a moment of concern, given the fact that you weren't woken up for a third watch. Yeah, so I guess I see the light poking through the tent there and kind of do panic a little bit, but I'm just kind of alive, so you look over at V and see how he's doing if... uh, See how his wounds are looking. As is the nature of this fantastical world we live in. He's uh, He looks a lot better than he did the night before, but uh, he's still taking advantage of the rest than the rejuvenating factors that uh, it provides. So, yeah, before I crawl out of the tent, I'm just going to sit there for a moment and cast uh, Cure Wounds on V and then kind of scurry out as soon as I see if it takes effect or not. Well, let's have... Uh, Everybody who had a long rest, which was everybody. Let's roll some hit dice. So I think we decided that at level four, we roll four of the appropriately sided dice. So rogues are eight, I think. It's just our hit die? Yeah, it's basically retreating long rest. is short rest. So you roll your hit die four times and then add your con mod. It's If you don't get to full, it's because you rolled horribly. It's honestly... Yeah, that puts me back at full. When I wake up, I'm going to go do my uh, morning meditations. No, my 17. 17. So you're still looking pretty banged up, then, right? Yeah, okay. So I definitely would have, otherwise, probably would have switched it over to like Spare the Dying, just as a like that. So yes, Brax, you would have seen that he was... I still cast it then, yeah. Eight plus three, so I'm full. I'm going to check on Chip as soon as I get out of this tent. I'd say he's probably about seven hit points. So, yeah, once I get over to Chip, then I'll do the same thing as I'll cast Cure Wounds. I'll just say that heals him right up. You see the slash, that scar, that gigantic slash wound in his throat that was starting to heal, that you kind of subjugated a little bit with your Cure the Dying. Just sucks back in, and it's barely a scar now. And you can tell by his demeanor, he's... Oh, I feel, I feel a hundred times better now. There you go, buddy. We're we'll get through this. Don't you worry. As soon as we get down to this next town, we'll get you a uh, some nice feed. Yeah, he nuzzles into you aggressively. We'll probably just unhook him, take him to the water as everybody else gets ready, gets up, and give him a drink and stuff. I think uh, Grom did a good job of preparing breakfast. So kind of the we'll just spend a little bit of time having the morning rituals of getting the camp squared away and struck and get ready to head out i wake up stretch oh man i feel feel real good this morning i don't know walk over to brax brax what did you cast one of them fancy spells on me oh it must be this holy ground or something yeah. <laughs> all those gods around here That's strange. i feel pretty good myself look at look at chip here he's doing chip, just great chip looking really good rolled deception and you roll insight 18 yeah, 13. Yep, you take him at his word. All right, maybe maybe it is that holy ground, but man, yesterday I thought I was dead. Today's a whole new day. Just got to get those rests in. Apparently. What you think about this group here? <laughs> you almost died for him. You still want to stick around? Well, we. yeah, I think it's probably best that we hang out and continue on our, our voyage to find uh, find this Medlac guy. But if I, if I almost die again, I think we might want to cut ties and leave. Well, we'll give it one more go. 
I'm with you. Well, let's go get some of this food here. All right. Remember when you woke up, you were semi-reclined against the tree, and there's a mechanical squirrel sitting in your chest, and you open your eyes, and it's staring lasers into you. And look down at it. I'm going to sigh, pick it up, throw it on my shoulder, and go do my meditation stuff, and then go rejoin the group around the fire. Surprisingly, during your meditations, it does not distract you too terribly much. All right, we pick up with the group striking camp, heading northward, and commencing travel. I think that the horses and the dragonborn are well enough that uh, if you would like to, you could resume the standard marching order. Two mounted characters, Grom in the coach, because of... Well, I don't mind being out now that I've got a cloth for my eyes, but it's too hard to carve, and well, it's just bumpy. I'm making a work of art here. So I guess... Unless stated otherwise, the only wild card is Tylenor. In terms of where would you like to be riding? If nobody else has claimed the seat next to Mermelnir, I'll take that passenger again. Hey, Brox! Ha! Gotcha eaten! <laughs> Could have just said you didn't want to talk to me. Troll, that's hard to chew, isn't it? I can know the troll meat. I ain't eating none of that. Oh, yeah, speaking of that. Are we riding with your little friends today? Just about to ask if V wanted to pull one of these out of here. You can do it again, eh? Well, I think so. Even though they fell in combat? I mean, look inside the bag and I see a couple little furry objects and I think, well, yeah, I mean, here, V, try it out. Are are they all the same size in there? Yes. Until you throw throw it out in front of us. Rolled up. D8. It's a four. You got a goat. Guess we got somebody to mow the lawn. (laughs) There we go. You want to throw one of these out of here? Well, I'll throw one. Yeah. Reach in the bag. This is a good one. A two. You got an owl. Well, that's pretty cool. I think we got one more. Anybody else want to try this out? You guys go ahead. Oh, I have a question for you. Who controls it when I throw it versus when you throw it? Not super sure, but I think that I think you do. It seemed like I was able to talk to one in, in combat. I didn't know if it was the holder of the bag or the thrower of the fur. I think V was able to talk to the one that he threw out last time. Yeah, you're able to talk to the ones that you throw, so that's that's your owl. Well, I've never talked to an owl. Can I make any sense of what it's saying? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's saying, who? (laughs) I don't know who, you damn bird. Quit asking me all these questions. (laughs) Put it back in the bag. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it works that way. Oh, just gone? I think you made it mad. Maybe I'll scout ahead or something damn pesky thing asking me all the time oh that damn double bird mr snugglebottoms that's who i said it horse i'm going back in the back near you feel like at the declaration of the name mr snugglebottoms you feel like the horse perks up a little bit and has a little bit of a swagger for a second i was gonna say getting smug every time he hears grom use his name <laughs> my word's my word actually the owl silently circles around and Lands on the barding of Mr. Snugglebottoms and just kind of sits there and chills for... Isn't it ironic that him and that creature are only really useful at seeing at night? I'm assuming that is quiet and under his breath. (laughs) 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 Give me one of those fuzzy balls. (laughs) (laughs) You're hit by a lion. You're sulking. Are we throwing the third one out? Yeah, we're throwing the third one. If no one else wants to do it, I'll do it. So pick one out and throw it out. There's a five for a giant goat. 
as the goat that comes out is significantly larger than the original goat. In the Billy Goat's Gruff. This would be <laughs> the <laughs> eldest brother goat. Stop reading my mind. It's true. It's true. Man, this this bag is kind of strange. I wish you could control what's coming out of it. I wonder what, what else comes out of it. Well, it's been pretty cool things so far. I should probably go tell that bird. Can, you can tell him what to do, right? I think you can give a little command. Yeah, it's nothing too... Uh, too complicated. I wonder if I could tell it to keep an eye out for a dragon. Look for big things. <laughs> See me over there like gesturing, big wings and dancing around a bit. Look for that bird. You see the, the owl sitting on Mr. Snogglebottom is barding, facing forward, but head turned around 180 degrees, looking at you. Yeah, with wings. Go look in the sky. Come on, you bird. Who is the dragon? Dragon is who? Go look for him. <laughs> Looks like those two, but bigger. <laughs> yeah, like that. Like something that would eat you. With wings. You see something that'll eat you. Come tell me. Who? Yeah, I'll ask you who. Go fly till you see something that you think would eat you. And then you come tell me who. Not sure if owls have eyebrows. Some of them do. They certainly do. But they furrow for a second and then flies off up ahead. There, we'll either find a dragon or lunch. Alright, let's have a, uh, a survival roll from anybody who cares to paying attention to where we're going. How's your uh, wood blight doing, by the way? Oh, yes. Thank you. Let's have a constitution for the wood blight. 17 for the survival. 5 for the wood blight. Currently, I'm at minus 2 dexterity and plus 1 AC. Okay, your dexterity is a negative 3. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and I don't think your AC bumps up on that level. Because that tells me you have three levels of wood blade. We'll just take it down. Do I turn into a tree when I'm at zero dexterity? Pretty much, yeah. You would say I'm rooted? I would say that. Rooted where I stand? I'll be a plant. Damn it. All right, yes, you are feeling, in your gesturing to the owl to try to describe what he's looking for, you feel, oh, oh, oh that's a little bit quite moving now, like a... Start before. picking out some things on my arm that look like scabs, but they're kind of barky. Exactly true. I rolled an 18 on that survival, and I'll look at Grom and be like, you're looking a little stiff there, love. Well, I need to get to that Auntie Marion soon, or I'm just going to eat this damned flower. Which, incidentally, the flower is pretty wilty at this point. I wonder if I should dry it in the sun. Better make haste, I suppose. Yes, having a vested interest in getting to your destination as the road potentially continues northward to, I believe, Needlevane is the northern town there. Yeah, we're looking for a road west, I believe. That's exactly it. And having talked to the gnomes from Ekanaw, they give you a pretty good description of the turn to look for, and you have no problem identifying that. Well, I think this is the one up here, Mark. Um, well, um. Knuckles. Dang, got me. Just had to stop and talk to the mysterious woman. All right, this turn right here. Hey, that's the one. I'd recognize that tree that Lillafellas was talking about. All right, I'm just going to steer Mr. Snugglebottoms up the... Up the right. turn. It does look like it's pointing. Those crazy bastards, I thought they were trying to pull a fast one. <laughs> All right, so you turn off the main road, the main road that's maintained by the Osperian government, I guess. You turn off, and it's dirt, but there's the wagon ruts are solid, meaning well-traveled, but they're not deviant enough that you're going to bring harm to uh, your mode of travel by trying to navigate through them. Once you turn, the uh, landscape does turn a little bit more foresty. There's going to be a meager bit of time before you 
get to the next landmark that you've been instructed to recognize. So, I think real quick, I need I'm trying to remember the name of the gnomes. Thinking as hard as I can. Do I need to roll for it, or can I just remember them? Now let's have intelligence. Oh no. Yeah, dang it. Seven. I started with an R or something. You're trying to remember the name of the gnomes that you talked to at the... The ones that told me to go see Auntie Miriam. You remember Exniff. He was the one with the clockwork hand. That was kind of calm, cool, and collected. Grom hasn't taken very good notes. Actually, I'll give you this. Yanoa was the one that was kind of manic. So, Tylalor, you said something was weird back at our campsite. What exactly did you see? It, uh... It was Gwendolyn, but her throat was slashed and her eyes were gouged out. And she was just standing there, looking like she needed help. Quite unsettling. Sounds like it. But I told myself it wasn't real. I know we've been having all kinds of dreams and visions and what have you, so I kind of rubbed my eyes, and when I opened them again, she was gone. Yeah. Did you see something? Do you remember Mayala? From the Emerald Vengeance? Yeah. Well, I saw her. It was like she was beckoning for me to come towards her, but then some tentacle wrapped around her throat and started ripping her back into the forest. I almost followed after it, but I stopped myself, and I tried to make sure I wasn't just seeing things from being tired or whatnot, but it wouldn't go away until she was ripped back into the trees and I lost sight of her. Wow. Feels like something, many things are trying to get us, draw us away from one another. I think Sodros is tormenting me. But didn't he just help us? Yeah, but I had a dream that he had tried to drown me and he saved me at the last minute. Almost like he was saying that I'm useless on my own without him. Mm. And I don't know. It seems like that with the tentacle and one of my more, I guess, outside attachments. From what I can gather, he's not happy with the road I'm on right now. Well, no, it sounds like he was the type of god to keep his followers subjugated and hidden from the world, and you're doing the opposite of that. Yeah, I... Though, seems like you are having a more worldly experience than you would have if you stayed in the cave. That is true. Honestly, I'm growing to like life up here. Got a lot more freedom to it, I guess. A lot more risk of death. (laughs) Well, living in the cave was not without its risks. It was definitely a bit more safe and shielded from the outside world. But that still caught up to us. Yeah, well, for what it's worth, I'm glad we found each other. Yeah, I've definitely learned a lot riding with you guys and had some interesting experiences. That's certainly a word for it. I think I still want to retrieve the statue, so, for my other clansmen, but I don't know. Maybe when that day comes, I'll decide I'm better off up here. Well, for the time being, we'll get you that statue and see what happens from there, I suppose. First things first, though, we should get Grom taken care of. Yes. Not liking the tint of his skin currently. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even sure how to take care of a tree, so... We already got a squirrel and a horse. It's, it's <laughs> maddening. I've got this daughter out of nowhere. I didn't expect it. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. 
which incidentally the squirrel has just been chilling next to you on the bench. It seems to have calmed down quite a bit. All right, let's have one more survival check for those paying attention to where... Eight. Seven. Uh, 17. 17. The two 17s reach a point in the path where, oh, that no, that is a very distinctively shaped tree. I recall that conversation. We need to turn right here. Hey, hey near I think... Uh... Our little fellows back at that bar told us to turn right here. Yeah, that sounds right. I'll steer Mr. Snugglebottoms to the right. Yes, you deviate onto a little bit rougher road. A little bit skinnier. Like, whoa, can we fit a carriage up through here or a coach up through here? A couple times where you pass between two trees with a couple inches of clearance, but yeah, no problem. And that's when Knuckles shifted Mr. Snugglebottoms into four low. How deep is that then? It's like, whoa, Mr. Snugglebottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up, Mr. Snugglebottoms. We've got to put your rough terrain horseshoes on. <laughs> <laughs> got to turn the hubs. All right. As you traverse the path that the gnomes pointed out to you, you find that the woods around you have a disorienting element about them. It's subtle, but occasionally you glance up to the sky to gauge the sun, and where you were once certain you were traveling north, you discover that you were truly traveling west. Strange, since you didn't deviate from the path. And while it is a meandering trail, it isn't twisted enough to take you in a completely different cardinal direction. Brax, you find this phenomenon particularly reminiscent. Despite this anomaly transpiring a handful of times, you find the journey to be quite pleasant. The sun is shining, and the day is mild, if not just a touch on the cool side. But that is generally preferable if one were to be actively hiking. You continue on, taking in the pleasant trees as you go. The birds chirping, a brook babbling, the servos whirring. The breeze... Wait. You listen closely, and you make out the faint noise of mechanical articulation. Not dissimilar to Mirmalnir's new squirrel. You take a closer look at your surroundings, and you can't see anything out of place from the forest surrounding you. You travel a bit further, and then your destination comes into view. A quaint, run-down little cottage. It is mostly constructed from a dark wood, and the windows you can see are either too dirty to see through, or made of a colorful stained glass. You pause to take in the home. Nestled almost uncomfortably snug in a copse of trees, there is a small garden to the right of the small domicile, and a smaller outbuilding devoid of windows to the left. You notice a plethora of various plants and herbs growing in the garden area, and a variety of vibrant flowers. Whether decorative or functional, you're not sure. They dot the yard surrounding the structure. The entire property is enclosed by a short fence with sparse pickets. You weren't sure of how it would serve to keep anything from crossing the boundary, but it does add to the particular aesthetic. You draw closer to the entrance, and it strikes you. There are no birds chirping here anymore. The only sound apparent is the cool breeze rustling the trees all around you. Grom, you have an insistent itch behind your left eye. Insistent itch, eh? Yes, and there's almost a... I don't know, it's it's a different feeling. You feel almost as if something wants to communicate with you, but you have to give it permission. Well, isn't this quite the predicament? Do I let an imaginary part of my brain talk to me? Well, I suppose let's hear what it has to say one last time. You make that decision and you hear, Grum, 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 oh, oh, grum. Uh, you, uh, you don't want to go in there. And why is that? Uh, It's bad news. You don't want to go in there. Well, have you met me? I feel like if it's bad news, I probably want to go in there. Bad news how? No good, man. Well, it was nice talking to you then. You're going to cut me off. Yep. 
that, I'm going to ready my weapon. The itch continues to be noticeable. All right, I'm barreling out the back of the coat or out the side. Where I don't even know where the doors on this thing are. Do we have doors on this? This thing? is <laughs> they're on the side. Is a coach. They're right, on the side. I'm barreling out. I got my primal sorrow ready at my side. Jump out. I want a motion for everybody to stop as quietly as possible. You okay, love? I don't know. This is gonna sound a little crazy, but you're probably used to that for me. But my imaginary friend told me that we shouldn't go in here because it's danger. Is this the friend you've been talking about that's been driving you crazy? This damn thing living in my head. So, I suppose we'll see if it's right. Alright. Says don't go in there. If we do go in there and there's trouble, well then I know I got a thing in my head. Okay. Want me to put eyes on this smoke out the top, though? And yes, there is a chimney on top of the small cottage with uh, smoke billowing up to the sky. The front door, which is just immediately past uh, the front porch, is closed. I think you should wait here, and I'm going to go up to it. And if you hear me screaming, come help me. I think you should take someone with you. Well, what if it's a trap? All the better that they can help you escape it. I think four people peeled one person out of the trap. It's better than three people peeling two people out of the trap. Hey, where's that damnable bird? You think we could send a goat in there? I'm going to send the goat through the front door. Through the front door? <laughs> He's going to break open the front door without even knocking. <laughs> 20 on perception. 20 feet straight. Weren't we going to a city? I, I guess I'm confused. Well, I'll be honest. I don't know if this Auntie Marion lives outside of town or not. But I could imagine... Somebody capable of such things to want their place outside of town. People that need her help would come here. But, holy crap, that's a big goat. <laughs> God. It's bigger than the horse. I wasn't expecting it to be the size of a horse. This thing is awesome. Giant goat, it's large size. Yeah. Holy crap. Alright, I didn't know that was a thing. My guy looks so small next to the goat. Oh my goodness, can I ride a goat? Hey, Grom, you could probably tell your goat to go through that front door. Oh, I have a, I have the owl. I have, oh, it. You have the I owl. Have it. You have yeah. the My bad. What can I tell my owl to do? It's got keen hearing and sight, but can't talk to me, so I don't know if that's any good. Uh, yeah, with the with the 20 perception, you see the owl perched in a tree off to the west there. I want to think real hard on it, at it. Do you hear anything, owl? Is what I'm thinking in my brain. Ah, no damn response. All right. And the knock on the door. No. Hold my blade behind my back or off to the side <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, fuck it. I'll put it away. I'm not scared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's a cottage. Got me. It's a monster house. All right. Maybe I'm scared. You good? You made up your mind? I put it away. And I'll knock on the door. Do you raise a hand to knock? And right before you can strike the wood, the door swings open with a creak. It's going to say, I better hear a creak. <laughs> That's a pretty good creek, I'll take it. You can't immediately make out the details of the hazy interior as it is significantly darker than the outside. A breeze stirs, causing a combination of aromas to grace your senses. An interesting mixture of smoke and herbs intrigue you. You contemplate the blend momentarily, and just before you voice an inquiry, you hear someone call out to you from within. Well, don't just stand there. Come in and make yourself as comfortable as you can. I admit you are quite larger in statue than most of my regular house guests. If you're here for inquiries, you might have to take turns, but Auntie's always here to help. You come and see, dear Auntie, as you see fit. 
Peering in, you see a kindly old woman who you assume to be Auntie Marion, seated next to a small table in front of an inviting hearth. The weather outside isn't objectionable, but the space does seem appealingly cozy regardless. She's working closely on what appears to be a small metallic figurine resembling a beetle. She squints thoughtfully and then torques something with a small tool. She then opens her hand flat, holding the small gadget. It's quite intricate, and then with a flutter and a buzzing of rapidly moving wings, it takes flight and circles the room once before it disappears through the doorway opposite you. Quite adept, beautifully done, Auntie. A partially constructed or perhaps deconstructed clockwork humanoid figure rests in a chair to the side. Apparently, its lack of source of locomotion does nothing to prevent it from voicing its opinion. Auntie Marion smiles warmly at it and says, Oh, thank you, Shepard. Yeah, I figured you were probably Auntie Marion. The shamans of my village always lived right outside as well. Pleased to meet you. My name is Grom. Grom the Toothy. I flash her a big smile. So you proceed inward a little bit? Aye. All right, the room is cluttered, but not with the accoutrement that one would expect from a kindly old woman. Tools of a mechanical nature clutter a workbench to the side. You glance at a basket where you would anticipate an abundant overflowing of yarn and knitting needles, but instead is filled with various springs, small piston mechanisms, and ball-bearing manipulated connections. Now, here, shall I put some tea on? Auntie makes the best tea. The broken automaton, apparently named Shepard, offers. Don't listen to him. He's mildly biased. And at that, she puts her tool down and struggles to her feet and proceeds to move to what you assume to be the doorway to the kitchen area. Please make yourself at home the best you can. I'm not used to entertaining groups this large. There's extra seating on the porch. And you hear the sound of clanking in the kitchen, and after a moment, Auntie returns and lowers herself back onto the chair. So it's fine if my friends come in, then? Oh, absolute. Excuse me. Oh, my knees aren't what they used to be. The tea will be ready soon. She offers you a warm smile and then says, Please, let me know what can Auntie do for you today? Well, I know it's a bit hazy in here. From the incense and such. But I feel like I've gotten a bit of a wood blight disease. And they told me if I brought you this flower, you could make it into some type of tincture for me. Tinctures I can do. (laughs) Tinctures, yes. Come in. Tell your friends. Please sit abide a moment. Alright, I'll lean out the the door for a second. Wave to show that it's alright. And then I'm going to head back in and I'll go take a seat. I'll set that flower up on the counter there. You find a surface to uh, place the flower, and then, as you can kind of see there, Auntie's sitting in the corner by the hearth. Uh, there's a couple chairs available. Do you just want to take the one opposite her? Or? Aye, that sounds great. All right, what do the rest of you want to do at this point? I will enter, and as I come through, I'll look at Grom and be like, so, sounds like whatever is haunting you doesn't want you to be rid of it. Hmm. <laughs> oh, your friends speaking riddles. Well, I gotta say, the wood blight isn't the only thing plaguing me. I've got, ha, <laughs> more curses than you could count. But I feel like there's some sort of parasite in my head as well. It speaks to me and shows me things. Or maybe I'm just crazy, but I don't know. 
So is this like a standard size house or is it more gnome-ish sized? It's just a small house. So the grid uh, is five feet squares. So honestly, if you think of this room, it's uh, no 13 by a little bit more than 13. So that front room is honestly about the size of this room. Yeah, I'll walk up to the porch. I'll kind of peek my head in, but then I'll just sit out on the porch and hopefully not break one of the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is sturdy. I was like, he's taking a risk. <laughs> you take the close one or the far one? I'll take the far one. It's a rocking chair, if you want Nice. It. Don't tempt the fates, man. <laughs> Tyler, did you want to take a seat inside the... Yeah. Um, and honestly, actually, Mirmelnir, um, as you poked your head in the door, you have become acutely aware that something about you is missing. You're not quite sure. No, it wasn't taken from you. It was it was freely given, but it is indeed missing. Hmm. Well, I think I'm going to wait to talk to her till the front room clears out a little bit so that it's not all taken up by my large frame. I was thinking I was going to stay on Bojack right at the entrance of the, the fence there, just kind of watching around, not really caring about the magical stuff going on, just kind of watching our backs. I could tie off my horse next to V there, but I was going to go wander over to that owl if I saw him in the in the tree as well. You're still outside the fence? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, if I see that owl, I'll cast Speak with Animals. And then, uh, hey there, little buddy. He looks at you. How, how you doing today? Do the Tootsie Pop Owl voice. Landbound, you speak my language. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I can... I can well, we can communicate. Not so much I speak your language, but sometimes we can just kind of talk to each other a little bit. Is that okay with you? Go on. I say, I was just wondering, um, when you were out there flying, did you see any other birds? Because I don't, I don't hear any. Um, I'm just kind of wondering why there ain't any around. You are quite perspicacious in your observation. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. That's, that's quite the word. It means observant. Is, is there a particular reason? No, there are no birds around here. Do you know why? No. Okay. Did you see any dragons like you were asked to go see, look for? No. Did you Did you look for the dragons? I believe I would have seen any dragons in the sky. All right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to bother you. It seems like I'm bothering you a little bit, so I'm just going to let you go. Uh, if, if you want to talk again, I just come, come fly next to me, I guess. Fair. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Just walk back over to Chip. That all seems to have an attitude. <laughs> Man, that was no help at all, V. I tell you what, it just acted like he was all proper and better than me. Well, look how they sit up in the tree like that with the big old attitude and big eyes. Look at him. <laughs> I think he might be able to hear us. I can't wait for that one to disappear. Yeah. Was it 24 hours they're gone? I can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Anyway. Maybe we'll ask uh, Merlin here if he wants to eat him. Uh, I think I'm going to just kind of hang out here outside for a little bit and see what what happens when those people come out. Um, man, I don't know. My plan was just to, to sit here and watch our backs. I just have a weird feeling <laughs> out here. And <laughs> shut up, goat. <laughs> go get away from that garden there. Get, get outside of the fence here. Come here. <laughs> outside the fence. Good job. Now you can eat anything you want out here. Not the saddlebags. <laughs> <laughs> the plants. God damn it. Hey, Brax, since these animals don't last that long, you should make that your giant goat hit a tree so you knock it down. Well, okay, then. You see a tree that you... A small tree? Uh, How about this little... This one right here? Yeah, yeah, that one right there. Just, hey, goat. 
go knock down that tree over there. Just run straight into it and knock it down. I rolled a natural one. Okay. <laughs> it's dazed. Well, that didn't work at all. Yeah. Maybe your goat would do better. All right, goat. Same tree. The the trunk, you think it cracks just slightly. And then the goat sits down, turns around, looks at you, looking for approval. <laughs> Good. Good goat. You, you did something useful today. <laughs> that big one's kind of dumb. <laughs> it's making me look bad. Oh, this does say I get um, of many beasts and a limited intelligence. It says beast is plural. Mm, sure it does. All right, I'll bring it if you want. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, hey, since I cast that chip, can you hear me? Uh, yep. How you doing, bud? Mike. You all right? I'm glad to hear that. I know that it's been pretty rough this last couple days. Yeah. Before that, though, we had a pretty good stretch. I mean, quite a long walk without anything bad happening, right? I hope. Yeah. <laughs> you still happy to be with me? Yeah. All right, good. What about you, Bojack? Hey, Rex. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? It's good. What's going on? Oh, not much, man. How you? You you, you seem pippy today. What's going on? Ah, no, it's it's another day. I'm glad to hear it. It's all good. What do you need? What can I, I do was, for you? I was just, you know, I just uh, just checking in on you, see how you're doing. Ah, I'm great. I'm great. Bella's great. How about this other horse here? This this new guy, Snuggabottom. Snuggabottom? He's all right. He's all right. Well, it's good, I guess. At this point, I, I see uh, Brax talking to the animals. I'd say so. But I obviously can't hear what they're saying. Right. Hey, hey, Brax. Yeah, what's going on? What does my horse sound like? <laughs> Man, you know, he's he just talks real fast. It's like, hey, hey there. What's it going on? I don't sound like that. <laughs> I think you kind of do, though. I mean, it's like, hey, I don't, I don't sound like that. This is what he said to me, B. Always kind of figured he had a lot of energy. He's just a, a spitfire, man. I, I don't even understand how you stay on top of him. Seems like he got so much energy. Does he like me? Oh, I think so. You like him, right? You like V, don't you? V? Um, Valreal? The gold one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's all right. Yeah. Yeah. He says you, he's the best. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad. So, uh, should uh, ask Snuggle Bottoms what he thinks of uh, Grom. Oh, yeah. Uh, walk over there and see what he has to say about him. Hey, Snuggle Bottoms. Oh, hey there, Brax. Say, just curious, uh, you know, if if you had to rate people here, who's your least favorite per- person in this group? Well, I'd have to go ahead and say that Miramilnir is my least favorite. <laughs> oh, really? What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. I was, I was just about... I don't even know horses could tell jokes. <laughs> I got you good on that one. I feel like it was obvious that, uh, obviously, Miramilnir is my favorite. That's what I figured. What do you think about that toothy guy? Oh, Grom? Yeah. Well, if Miramilnir likes him, I guess he's okay. We ain't gonna believe this, but that horse just thinks he's quite all right. Like, just okay. That's not what I said. (laughs) (laughs) He can't hear you. (laughs) Well, I guess, uh, I guess... It wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to hate him, too. I don't know. It was, it was weird. He's a means to an end. Remind me to give this horse another apple. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I play D&D. <laughs> <laughs> well, while we're here, hey, goats. <laughs> what? How'd you like running into that tree? Huh? <laughs> you want to do the tree running into again? Uh-uh. <laughs> no? 
Uh-uh. Why not? Ow. <laughs> what about you, little fella? Good. <laughs> you don't want you good. You don't want to do it again. God, no, no, thank you. All right. <laughs> Is it? I mean, shoot, I'm having fun. Any more animals running around here? No. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> Can you talk to the mechanical squirrel? Oh, do I see the mechanical squirrel? Yeah, it's up with me. I'm on here. Yeah, I grabbed him and I. I probably wouldn't. I was interested in hearing your squirrel voice. Our next episode of D and D. It's D and D. Squirrel voice. You good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, inside, Tyler just came in and said the things that she said and then took a seat. Now, it looks to me like you have several inquiries to ask oh, Auntie Marion here. Oh, ain't that the truth? My friend, uh, XNF and Yona, you, you know, <laughs> you know, boy, they told me I'd probably be owing you some favors. But yeah, I could use some help. Exenif. Alright, good smart head on that one. You know, uh, she's excitable, but... Oh, good kids, good kids. Did they learn the clockwork from you? I've brought lots of techniques and information to Ekonom. Potentially, there's a lot of talent in this village. And interestingly enough, at this point, the soft rain begins to fall outside. This might be an odd question, but on my way up here, this little thing living in my brain warned me not to come in here, because you be danger. And at the point where you say, this little thing living in my brain, she kind of perks up from what she was looking at, and all of a sudden her eyes shift from this kindly old woman to a hard look, to almost as she sees exactly to which you're referring as she's looking at me, I reach up and I untie the cloth from my eyes and reveal my black eyes. And her eyes widen just slightly. She says, Oh, Northman, you have tails. Please, please regale me with your tails. I want to know, I want to know, I want to, I want to know. Well, which parts do you want to know about? Well, you come to old auntie seeking help. I'm going to pull my my strap across my chest a little more to accentuate the area where the black skull is tattooed on my chest. Be like, I think the black eyes come from this thing right here. Hmm. Curses abound. Curses abound. What about your friends? You two are cursed. You two are cursed. I can help. Auntie can help. Are your friends cursed? Do I, does Auntie need to help? Well, I know we for sure are. If anybody else has their own curses. I'll just kind of vaguely glare when he says I know we are. I think they're carrying them in silence. Everybody here needs something. Everybody needs something. Auntie can give something. Auntie is here to help. Can we start with curing his wood blight, please? Ah, the elixir. I've brought you this flower. Indeed. But what else would you like in payment? Roll me a reception crumb. Fifteen. There's a faint scent once the rain has started and it's kind of washed away all the superfluous things. There's a faint scent. There's a little bit of decay that you're picking up in your nostril. I want to kind of scour the area with my eyes and scour her to see if I notice anything. The light is low, so let's have just a straight perception roll. Fourteen. 
you don't readily see a source of that scent what you can uh, immediately see interestingly enough though sounds like the tea's done yes if you bide a moment she struggles to her feet once more and makes her way to the back area as she has her back turned to me do you smell that Auntie Marion <laughs> when I mentioned that I wanted to see if Tyler Lore made any recognition of a smell Twelve. Uh, yeah, you pick up a hint of decay, that necrosis. I'll look at Grom and kind of wrinkle my nose a little bit. It smells like decay in here. You'll have to forgive me. A varmint passed away recently. I haven't been able to get in the crawl space to dig him out. I'd like to roll insight on that. See if she's bluffing me. Natural one. Yeah, them pesky varmints. <laughs> <laughs> happened to me all the time. Cousin Leonard had a raccoon die in his hut. <laughs> Stupid dice, I needed you right there. About to be turned into a newt. <laughs> <laughs> well, Braxby, I'll talk to you then. I'll have some things to say about that stupid horse. And Mirmanir, you are still close enough by sitting on the porch that you are starting to contemplate what specifically is missing from you. You're starting to remember Elia Nevercross, how things went down. And then every time somebody stumbled over your name and then switched to another version. You are becoming increasingly aware that your name is missing. How's the squirrel reacting to the rain? I should have outlined this earlier. The porch is covered. Ah, okay. So, yes, everybody, all the horses, all the goats, everybody out there is standing in that, that nice little drizzle. But here is uh, tucked nicely under a covered porch with one open chair. Now, here's some tea, please. And she comes and she has a tray with a teapot and some cups. Please help yourself, and she extends to you. I'll take a cup, pour a cup of tea. Thank you. Ooh, dearie, as well. I'll accept. Sets it down and takes a cup herself, and then oh, sits back down in her chair. Now, I believe you are speaking of an exchange. No, to drink the tea or not drink the tea. I'm taking a drink of the tea. <laughs> I'm holding the tea politely in my lap. How's it taste? It's good. It's different. Well, you're right, Shepard. This is some fine tea. I told told you, Auntie Marion ma- 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 makes the best tea. <laughs> I'm for it. Ah, you are well, not drinking yours. She doesn't like tea very much. Oh, I'm sorry. I have other things. Uh, something to soothe your bones in this. No, 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 no. This, no. this is fine. Thank you. I, I appreciate the kindness. I believe she's always liked just holding the warm cup. Some pleasures aren't necessarily of that. Can point. be comforting. Now, let's speak of curses. Well, do you want to tackle them all at once or one at a time, I suppose? I am here to help. I'm sure you've met Exenif. You've met, you know, uh, I am here to help. The nature of my help, just so we are all above board here, is that my help is powered by trade. Well then, should I just tell you all the things I need help with so you can decide your price? Yes. You might want to grab yourself something to write with. I've got a case of wood blight. I would like to know about this skull on my chest. I don't necessarily want it to go away, but I'd like to know about it. I'd like to know about this thing living in my head, and why I 
can't stop seeing things, and if they're real or not. And then my wife here, the lovely Tyler Lore, I believe she's succumbed to this compulsive dagger. When he mentions my curse, I just shake my head annoyedly. Well, I think that's what we've got on the table. Curse is about what of your friends. I can't say I know of any of theirs. Would you like to speak to them first before you tell me your price? In due time, you seem concerned of your curse and her curse. Tell me, would you like to know where your sword is? Well, aren't you full of surprises? I suppose that information could be useful. Just in the interest of getting all things on the table. Well then, any idea how to defeat a giant dog-faced demon? Mm, not Auntie's problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, if we survive, we'll probably come back to get some help patching ourselves up. What is your end game? Curses lifted. Knowledge? Curses lifted, knowledge gained. Aye. Curses lifted, knowledge gained. What can you offer? I'll be honest. I don't have much of means. But uh, if you need anything done, I can attempt that for you. Let's speak of what you have. I see a bone. Pull out my primal sorrow? No. Is this the one? No. You have a bone. It uh, is close to you. Hey, that bone. I'm gonna open up my pack, pull it out, unfinished, partially worked on, the bone of my son. Yes. Hey, this bone. Are you saying you'd want this in payment? Is that what you're saying? She tilts her head in a fashion that suggests go on. Well, I'd say no. And you, you have an artifact. I do have this firestone. No. Light bulb goes off. Everything that's been happening, Tyler Lori forgot she had that in her bag. I do have an artifact. And I might be willing to trade it, depending if it's going to get us what we need. <laughs> powerful artifact. Powerful artifact, powerful artifact, powerful artifact. And you. Well, as far as my payment goes, you know the thing about this bone, I've carried it with me. My purpose of carrying it is to craft it in the finest of weapons that I can craft. Mm, keep your bone. I see what I want. I see what I want. I want... I want that. And she points to your head. Ever since you got here, there is that insistent scratching at the back of your eye. It intensifies tenfold when she points at your head. Now what might that be? You know, you mentioned it. Yes, I guess what I would like to know is, what is it? Because hmm. you obviously know what it is. Illithid? How do you take it? You give it to me pull out the knife. Actually, for this, I'll just use the partially sharpened bone of my son's thigh, and I'll look at the edge of that and analyze myself whether I think it's sharp enough to get the job done. Wait, wait, wait. Is there a way to get that thing without my husband maiming himself? Why, I don't think so, love. 
I look at Auntie Marion. She sits back and she steeples her fingers. And yes, she does so. You look and you see an extra knuckle in each of her fingers as she sits back and contemplates what you're about to do. And at that, I'm going to allow permission to speak while I'm contemplating digging this thing out of my skull. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to hold that thought for one second. And everybody outside, you see a young gnome approach the house. He's leading a cow by a tether. He has sunken eyes. Let's have a perception roll from Brax and Valryl. Miramal near 20. 17. 1. You think you catch a hint of decay in the air when a breeze causes you to be downwind momentarily. Eyes downcast, he ties the bovine gift to a post and leaves without a word. As he walks away, you're not sure if it's the abnormal gait or the sound, but your attention is drawn to the gnome's legs, and you catch a glimpse of a clockwork leg through a tear in his pants as he trudges away. How close did he get to us? Given where you are with the horses and stuff, pretty damn close. He just tied it off on a tree and then walked away at the a fence post. Yep. Well, that was kind of weird. He didn't even say hi or nothing. Yeah, did you by chance see his leg? Yeah, it's got the same thing as that guy's hands at the, at the bar. Yeah, and then there's this weird smell in the air. Yeah, I got that too. You think we should chase him down and see what's going on? What is that smell? Is, do you think it's that cow? I'll hop. I'll go over to the cow and s- inspect the cow. <laughs> Still active, isn't it? At ten minutes. That, that lasts for ten minutes. So I don't know how long. It doesn't seem like it's been ten minutes. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> Fine. Hi, cow. How are you doing? Mm. Hello. Hey, just curious. You smell anything funky around here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You notice where it comes from? You. It comes from me. He says I'm the one that stinks. I've been on his horse for next to the whole time, and I didn't smell it until that cow showed up. Ask him again. Take a big whiff of the cow. Is it? Am I smelling it off the cow when I get closer? Or mm. no? Or was it that no? Well, that's why I'm wondering. Maybe we chase down that no. Roll intelligence. Twelve. Yeah, it's, it's not too far-fetched to think that, you know, maybe I brought a new scent to the cow. Oh, yeah. That makes sense, I guess. You're out here in the wilderness, never smelled tea tree. But all right, um, I think it's that gnome. You want to go after him? I want to. Hey, hey, uh, Mulmanir. M- M- Mulmanir, we're going to go chase after this little guy that dropped off this, this cow. You want to come with? Why are you chasing after him? Oh, I guess he smells funny. <laughs> Do you normally chase after things that smell funny? <laughs> it just... <laughs> no, it just smells like decay, like rotten. We'd like to check everything out. I guess you can go after him, but I'm staying here. Well, all right, then. Hop up on Chip. So you take off after him? Okay, uh, roll me a perception, both of you. 15. 11. Uh, you get about 50, 100 feet down the road where it starts to twist, and then you stop, and you kind of pull up on your horses, and you realize... Wait, where the heck did that guy go? Can we smell anything anymore? Is Perception? 25? 14? <laughs> I feel like with the rain and the breeze, it's obscured. I actually was kind of clocking how long you guys were talking about whether or not you wanted to chase him. And I think he got a good lead on you. He's in the wind. I don't see anything around here. Man, that was, that's strange. Uh, that was real strange, but I don't think we should continue looking for him. Which way did he go? Did he go the, the way we came from? We didn't make it to the fork yet. No. Okay, do you want to... It's like this little dirt road that's 
just out there. It's, yeah, just imagine a little dirt path. It's a little muddy, muddy enough that the rain is going to kind of obscure. It'll serve to obscure tracks. We could uh, go up to the fork in the road and see if we see anything, and if not, just turn back. Don't want to leave our friends uh, alone too long. Yeah, I'm game. We will cut back to inside. Grom, 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 grom. Oh, okay, you can hear me now. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing there? You got, you're looking like you're doing something. Hi. What's your vote for staying here? <laughs> uh, Seems uh, to me like you're exactly the kind uh, of thing uh, that I don't uh, want I gotta, in my head. I gotta, I gotta, uh, my vote is yes. I, I would like to stay here, please. To what end? To what, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complicated thing. It's a complicated thing, Rob. You gotta, you gotta get away from this woman. You gotta, she's gonna, she's, she's messing with you. You, you, you can't, uh, you gotta, <laughs> I gotta, we gotta, we gotta be done with this. You gotta, bring it you gotta go. I want to look up real quick at Auntie Marion's hands again. What do I see at her hands? They have an extra joint in the knuckles? Yeah. They're like fleshy or like robotic? Nope, not robotic. Just imagine your hand. There's one segment and two segments and three segments. Except in hers, there's one segment and two segments and three segments and four. Am I aware of anything that has four segmented hands? Roll intelligence. That'd be a six? Nope. It's not, like, super unnatural. It's not like the joints are, like... Well, she's got the arthritis of an old woman, you know, so the knuckles are a little bit swollen, but it's... Before I plunge the blade into my eye, I'm gonna look up at Auntie Marion. Be like, I've never seen hands like yours before. What type of creature are you? I'd like to know what I'm dealing with before I pay such a heavy price. I believe the terms have been defined... I am a creature who helps. Have you been to Ekinor? I have not. Mm, well, you will see. They are farmers. They are ranchers. They are very successful. <sighs> All right. I'm going to look around the room for like a, a bucket or something. Or a, something to catch like a bowl. There's seriously no other way to do this without him taking an eye out. In my dreams, love, I didn't want to tell you. Because I didn't think it was real. But if it is real, this thing will eat me. It's not a free ride. I am the host until it takes over. Yes, but that's not answering the question. If you've got a better idea. I don't. Now's the time to hear it. Otherwise, I'm either turning into a tree or turning into one of them damned tentacle illithids. And I don't want either. That's not how Grom dies. Grom dies at the hands of a goddamn dragon. And I'm gonna gouge my eye out into this bowl. Roll me a sleight of hand. 22. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I'm holding my seat. You are about your business. My grisly business. As I plunge the dagger into the back of my eye, I scoop around the outside. Oh my God. Trying to sever anything that might be holding on. And I pull it out. And as I noticed that I didn't catch it all out, it's almost like something's holding onto the back or attached filament cord. I can feel it as I'm getting my fingers into the back of my eye. I grab what in my mind was the antennae, and I can feel the bulbous mass of it pulling against the back of my eye socket. It's like straining against my fingers as I grab it one final time and jerk the whole thing out. If there was one. If there wasn't, I just cut my eye out. As you drop that pulpy mass of flesh into a bowl. Auntie Marion moves forward with a movement that was unexpected from an old woman like that. 
and she grabs what looks like a mason jar out of nowhere and slams it on top of the bowl and flips it upside down and does a shake, shake, shake and puts a lid on and sets it aside and says, Hell, you have proven most agreeable. That I collapse down to my knee, wincing in pain, bleeding into this bowl hand shaking around the bone knife in my hand. Where you collapse, there is in your immediate presence, a pile of gauze. Scoop it up and hold it to my eye. Debt paid. Debt received. And she reaches up her multi-jointed hand and and with that, the low light that you are taking in with your one good eye becomes brighter. Tylalore, you have a moment where you realize every single decision that you were forced to make because of that cursed dagger you become aware of. You are aware of every single decision that was not your own, including marrying Grom. She picks up the flower and says, Bide a moment, and I will have you. I will have your elixir. And she stands up uh, and walks into the kitchen. And the two of you are left alone for the moment. At first, I was deeply shaken by Grom's eye situation and watching him pull that thing out. And then as my curse is broken, a wave of other emotions hit me. And I'm processing, and I pull the dagger off my hip. And I'm staring at it, and I just drop it. Ding, 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 ding. And then I'm realizing that every decision I've made since I've met Grom has been a factor of this curse. And I'm processing, and at first I'm mad, because there's a lot of things that I did that were not my choice. But then I start processing the time we've spent together, and I think, Grom. Hi. I was cursed. Yeah, I've been trying to mention something about that. <laughs> I, I know now. I'm sorry. Um, well, now you're not cursed? No. And now I can remember everything. Though my decision to marry you was a result of that curse. I, I won't hold you to it. <laughs> I don't think I want to go back. We've been through too much. Well, how about if we live through the next couple of months... And you still want to be my wife, then we'll do it for real, without a curse. And I'll smile. I like that. Let's get through the rest of this nonsense first. I'm gonna need some more gauze. So you see, like, blood coming out the side of my mouth from me biting myself so badly during all that pain. Yeah, go ahead and take about ten hit points of that. Now, did you actually cut your whole eyeball out? Yes. Oh, Jesus. Now, medically, that can technically be mended if you didn't sever the eye itself. Oh, it's gone. We went all the way. You don't cut your eye out halfway. Hey. There's no bitches here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't come to half pay. My shit's paid. Oh, wow. Auntie makes her way back into the common room and sits down. Oh, your elixir will be ready in half hour. I don't suppose you have something to... Stem this bleeding and ease the pain a bit. Oh, no, I believe that is part of the price. Now, that said, may I see your friends? I guess it's my turn. You better go out and talk to them. <laughs> if 
if I go out, they're not going to want to come in here. <laughs> I better go out so they know what the hell they're dealing with. So that was it. All of our curses both between us are resolved. Except for the wood blight. We're still waiting on that one. Okay. Well, I will stand up on shaking legs. I will go get them. I'm going to stumble with you. I'm going to hold on to you for a little bit of support. Yeah. About that point, um, you guys reach the end of the road. You come to the T. That little dude's gone. So this is just strange, because there ain't no way that he was running as fast as we had these horses galloping. Why would he be running anyways? Yeah, just walk up on his path, drop off a cow and take off, and we can't catch him on horses? We're sitting there, he didn't even say hi to us. It's so strange. That is strange. Nothing about this cabin makes sense. When we get to the end of the road, do I uh, start to hear the, the birds again? Yeah. Yeah. You hear those birds? What's going on with that? Why aren't they chirping near that house? That is strange. Like, nothing wants to be around that. should have asked that owl. I did ask that owl. That owl was no help at all. Oh, you did. That's right. I'm still concussed from the battle yesterday. I forgive you. All right. Well, <laughs> there's anything we learned in Dungeons and Dragons, it's that owls are dicks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so should we head back, or should we just wait? We probably should head back. And- yeah, might as well head back. I guess I'm going to see if there's, like, a defined line when I stop hearing critters and if there's a feeling maybe I feel. So make our way back kind of slower? Yeah, I think so. Roll me an insight. Eight. Uh, four. There's a moment where you're like, there ain't no birds. And we will come back to the two of you stumbling out of the cottage with Mirmonir sitting on the front porch. I'm gonna try my best to attempt to tie the the cloth around the gauze on my eye. Slide ahead. Seventeen. You managed to pack the gauze that was surprisingly, although unsurprisingly, immediately available to you, packed in the socket, and then actually the piece of linen that you had originally had around your eyes was just a, a nice little quick tie in there. Yes, Mirmolnir, you see Talor and Grom exit Auntie Marion's. Grom has stumbled over a little bit with copious amount of blood flowing from his not flowing, but stemmed from his left eye. The gauze is packed in there. The linen is wrapped around. What in the abyss? It was a high price, but it seems whatever's been plaguing Grom is gone. Turns out there was something living in my damned head. I watched him pull it out. Can you believe that, Mermanier? Damn it. Can you believe that, Knuckles? I'm gonna sit down before I pass out. I'm trying to act tough, but it hurts like a son of a bitch. I guess it's my turn to head on inside, then. She's ready. With that, I'm going to stand up. Careful with the prices asked. And I'm going to walk in and hopefully not break your chair. Yeah, you don't want to pay for anything more than you have to. <laughs> <laughs> so you come in and just plop in the chair? Yep. Is it a sturdy chair? It is. Hello, Mirmonier. I'm so glad you came to see me. I take it you are Auntie Marion? I am. I see. And what would you ask of Auntie Marion? I feel as though something has been taken from me. Indeed. Do you want it back? So with me have been getting the recollections, would I have a rough idea of what was taken from me, or am I still unsure? I think so. I think in this environment, it's... Okay, might be a little bit meta, but just for understanding when that happened, it was fey stuff. Now you are brushing up against the fey once more. 
it's almost like when you're away from it, you're like, oh, that's weird. I don't even know what's going on. But when you brush back up against it, you're like, this is exactly what happened. Okay. I'm sitting and I'm thinking back to Nurma and she called me something, but I can't. Yes. I would like it back. Poor, poor dragonborn. Unfortunately, it is not mine to give back. Oh, I would if I could, but uh, it's not mine. You did not give it to me. Those bay are so tricky. How can I get it back? Well, you will have to revisit the agreement between whomever you made the agreement with. I don't ever recall making an agreement. Perhaps there's bargaining that happens, and sometimes we just give things away. Roll perception. Six. Never mind. So what can you give me? Therein lies the issue. I can give you many things, but you have to define what you want. About that time, the two of you ride back up. You come upon the cow tied to the post. The goat's hanging out. The owl seemingly has fucked off. And you see... Rightfully so. And you see Grom and Tyler sitting on the porch. And we can see, obviously, the blood from that distance. Or we gotta get up closer. Perception. 19. 15. Yep, both of you can see it. I feel like you guys just took a seat on the porch and just were kind of chilling there. Grom kind of convalescing and Tyler mildly trying to be a reassuring entity. The Brax, uh, they don't look so good, do they? I mean, it looks like he's got something over his eye. Did you think they had a fight inside of there? I don't know. You see the blood running down his face? I do. Didn't he say something about having, like, headaches or something? Do you remember I that? I can hear you, you know. Hey, Brax, you know healing stuff, right? Oh, you know, uh, sometimes I can do a little bit, but I'm no just, love. I'm pretty tired tonight. No like healing on us. This heals naturally. Bargain struck. What, uh, what happened there? Bargain struck doesn't mean you can't accept healing. She asked a price, and I'm paying it. I won't welch on it. What was that price? Did you... That thing... That I thought was living in my head. It wasn't crazy. There was a thing living in my head. I watched. Took it out. Pull it out. Did you guys see what it was when it came out? Well, all I really saw was the end of a knife. Real close. Well, I saw a lot of blood and a worm-like thing. I'll be honest. My eyes were closed. Or my eye was closed. Trying not to pass out and get the job done. You had a worm living inside of him? You had a worm living inside of you? Like a giant bug. All right, we're going to cut back inside to Mirmolnir. I'm sorry I can't give back your missing counterpart. Is there anything else you're seeking? Would you happen to know the location of the statue I'm seeking? There it is. There it is. She holds up that hand with that extra joint. She says, The location, would I know? No. I believe you have a counterpart that now could tell you where. Your most 
desired object lies, or at least the direction. A counterpart. And at this point, you didn't notice it earlier, but that increasingly familiar weight on your shoulder ever since you've set foot in this cottage has not moved. I'm gonna look over at it, and it's stoic. Paws up, eyes straight ahead. Are you talking about this? Here's my gift to you. You wear a compass on your shoulder. If you will it, it will show you at least the direction. (laughs) I am sorry, I cannot help you, but please send your friends in. Alright, and with that, I will get up and start towards the door. The second you cross that threshold, the squirrel comes back to life. Like, almost. It's like, you know, when something's been buffering for a minute, and it catches up quick. It's like... Did all the squirrel things in all of this short amount of time. And, yes, you cross that threshold, and you know your name is missing, but you gave that to somebody else. And you know this compass on your shoulder, with a little bit of focus, it might steer you in the right direction. All right. And you come out and you see Brax and Valrel at the fence line in discussion, trying to discern what happened while they were gone. I'm going to walk over them and tell them she's asking for the both of you. Oh, what? Why should she be asking for us? Well, we didn't do nothing. She probably wants to know if there's anything you want or need. Uh, there's one thing I want is find Medlack and kill him. She, she think you should... You think she knows where Medlack's at? Uh, uh, maybe, but I ain't going in there to find out. Well, I can tell you she cured two of our curses off the bat and is currently working on the wood blight for us. I believe she's also promised to let us know where the sword is. Uh, question. Are you shirtless? Aye. Is your tattoo still there? The, the skull cat tattoo? I don't know. Is my eye still black? It's gone. So my eye is not black? Your eyes are not black and the tattoo is gone. Do I have the skull? Check my stuff. All investigation. Fifteen. The skull is gone. Well, I, don't, I mean, she must be fairly powerful as just throwing off curses like that. Like, well, his tattoo disappeared. And look at his eyes. Well, his eye, anyways. Yeah, made, made that eye disappear, too. I don't think she's of this world. Where do you think she's from? If I had to guess, I think she's from the Fae. I mean, look, come on, let's go. <laughs> I've had enough magic for the past couple of days. First a portal with that dog-faced demon, then a portal in a tree that almost killed us, and now we're at this weird cottage where Grom took his eye out. But no portals anywhere, though. Shit. But to be fair, I did this myself. Yes, you did it yourself, but how long have you been living with that? Too long, my friend. Too long. Then we come to this cottage and you... What'd you throw your eye at? Did you throw it on a plate? Yeah, she actually kept it in a jar. Oh. You know, as you do. With eyes. You know how I like magic, or don't like magic, Brax. Uh, I'm gonna sit this one out. Oh man, I don't, I don't know if I want to go in by myself. But are you sure you don't want to go in there with me? Like, what's the worst that could happen? Look, Mulmanir over there is doing just fine. He's not missing an eye. What'd you get? Nothing. We'll see. No. You can go in there. I'll stand on the porch. If anything fishy happens, I'm dragging your ass out. It's like watching a couple's disagreement. All right, yes, man. Well, but he knows how I don't like the magic. I'll uh, I'll holler if I need some help. Then, do you want us to go in with you? I mean, I don't want to be alone with some crazy lady. So, 
I'll go in with you. That'd be great. I'm still waiting for my wood blight cure. Well, she's got that going for you, too. Mm-hmm. And she said she'd tell us where the sword is. Oh, really? I. What, what'd that cost you? It all cost me my whatever that thing was that was living in my head. Everything? I. Far as we can it tell. pretty badly. Almost as badly as I wanted to be rid of it. Miramilnir, as you exit, are you trying to do anything with that squirrel after what she said? Yeah, I'm going to kind of look at it. And once it catches up, it's standing there, kind of ready for instruction. I'm going to look over to it and ask, where is it? On that question, you feel just kind of the understanding that you've gained as you have spent time with this squirrel over the last day or so. You see it respond, and you almost get a, what? And that compels you to feel like you need to focus on what you're asking it to locate. Where is Kusodros's dread? And it cocks his head. The attunement that you've gained with it, you feel like you need to focus hard. And that said, I would like a wisdom roll. Twelve. You focus on that statue, and it takes a few seconds before... The squirrel responds, but you double down and you you think hard on this object that you're looking for. And then there's a moment where you feel the movement and you look at it and almost like a pointer dog is and it is pointing to the east. And you feel that it has responded to your query. So even after I left the cottage, I still recognize that my name is what was taken from me. Where are you right now? I'm assuming as I'm doing this, I'm kind of just walking so probably halfway between you're in the yard, so... Yeah. Yes. I want to look over at the squirrel, and I want to ask it, where's the person that took my name? Roll wisdom. Eight. The squirrel breaks out of its pointer dog pose and hops down and runs over to the bushes and just seems to take some solace from the rain. Apparently squirrels are usable once a day. At that point, I will go ahead and break back to Brax and Valrum. So you going in there, Brax? Oh, yeah, I think I'm going to hop in there real quick and see what she's got to say. Grom, you said you're going to join me? I'll make my way to my feet. I'll help you up. I'll shake my head a little bit, catch my wits. So I'll go up to the door, and uh, if it doesn't pop open a jar, I'll knock on it. It's it's open. It's open, so I'll still knock on it. And okay. I'll come in. Please come in. Yes, Brax, good to see you. Good to see you. So I'll go in. I'll make my way in with Brax. And I'm going to stand at the doorway. On the porch, trying to listen. Sure. So, uh, my buddy out there said you want to see see me? Just want to cover all of my bases before I send you on your way. And what, what bases are those? Oh, just, I'm here to help. Auntie is here to help. Auntie is here to help. Auntie is very helpful. All right, well, I do have... I do have one thing I was wondering about. Hmm. Um, please ask. I see all these little robots you got running around with these uh, with these gears and stuff. And I was wondering if there was a... This might seem a little crazy, but is there a way to maybe attach these to my bow so I can maybe, like, compound the amount of strength that it has? Like, make it a compound bow or something? Your desires lie in Ekinah. They are very good. Will they make those over there? Yes. The gnomes, they are very, very industrious and very adept at their craftsmanship. Okay, well, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. Um, and then, I guess, do you know anything about this Medlek character? Mm-hmm. 
No. You ain't heard of no wizard medlack? No. Can I... I do know about debts. What debts? Your debts. Which ones? You know. What could you do with that? It depends. I can help you satisfy those debts. Well, in which, like how? I'm curious because I guess one of my debts is, is uh, I gotta see something I've never seen before. And I don't even know where it's at. I was thinking of the other one. And her eyes go gray at that point. Like solid gray. I believe Naya Skyak would know. Should we ask him? Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the one I was talking about, though, because I'm supposed to see something that I don't know where it's at. Well, I believe it's right out in the courtyard. Well, can you show it to me? She just looks out the door. Oh. And he, there's Valryl standing at the door. Well, yeah, no, I, I got to see him all the time, but there's something else I was supposed to see, though. That's, what, that's the thing I didn't know where to find. That one I cannot help you with. What can you do for V? You leave me out of this. <laughs> I said that real quiet, like. Does <laughs> have an opposed role? Stealth? Yeah. Stealth and perception. This is 16. 19? Yeah, he got that. Your friend? Uh, I believe he wants a divorce. Yeah, I think so too, but. Uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter. She ain't around, so. Hmm. You can make that happen? I'm sorry. I've been neglect. I haven't offered you tea. Would you like some tea? And she picks up the tray with the and offers it to Uh, yeah, I'll take a glass. Smell it. Yeah, seems legit. I liked it. I'll take another cup. Yeah, so I'll sit down, kind of sip on the tea. So you gotta forgive me. I'm kind of, uh, I'm not, I'm not super smart and sometimes things gotta be broken down for me pretty pretty easy um i guess what can i do to help you i suppose everyone's always asking you for things what what can we do to help you me i um i'm good i appreciate your generosity though i mean if you are in the generous mood you have some stones well, now, uh, those, those aren't necessarily my stones. I, um, my ears perk up. So I can't, I can't speak for them by myself. That's something that uh, me and V would have to talk about. Bring your friend in. Hey, Valreal, she, she really wants you to come in here. No, I can hear perfectly fine out here. I've had enough magic for a few days. Well, you can discuss accordingly. Uh... But you ask if there's anything you have I want. And I have answered. Auntie is here to help. Are you here to help, Auntie? Uh, well, no, to be honest, I'm just kind of passing through, but I'm always looking to help someone if they need help. Um, what would you do with these stones? What would you want for those stones? I don't know what they're worth, to be honest. Is she talking about the blood rubies or the other ones? The other ones. I could negotiate with Naya Skyak on your behalf. Oh, I kind of like that idea. I could negotiate a divorce for your friend. I can handle that on my own. She ain't very big. <laughs> well, you ain't going nowhere, though, right? Me? Yeah. You seem like you're pretty got. You got some roots here, so we'd be able to find you again. 
I am comfortable in my location. Well, I wonder, I'm wondering if uh, this offer stands for, is it just now, or if we come back again, maybe we can talk more. Hmm. Time will tell. Hmm. Well, I guess, you know, to be honest, I'm going to have to just uh, say thank you for the tea, ma'am, and, and uh, get out of your hair. You take care of your friends. Thank you very much, and you have a... You have a lovely house and a, a lovely garden. I'll, I'll see you later. I'll walk out the door. I'll follow him out. Well, uh, I don't know, V. She she says she could help us do some stuff, but I don't know what, what any of this is really worth yet, so maybe we need to get some appraisals, and then we can we can kind of discuss and see what what's what. You're married. Not in the eyes of our gods we're not married, but apparently this uh, lady in this cottage thinks we're married. Wait. She thinks you're married. Not to her, but oh. to <laughs> She thinks I'm married to uh, another dragonborn who was a priestess daughter. Uh, we didn't go through the consummation of the marriage, so therefore we're not married. I took off before that. On the run, then, eh? You could say that, or just being free. But I kind of find it strange that she thinks that I'm married to her. Well, for some people, words are, uh, words are binding, you know. Others say actions are binding. Yeah, in our tribe, actions are binding, not words. I glance over at Tyler Lore. As she's sitting there, kind of mulling over all the things she's thinking about. Like, yeah, I could see how things could get confusing pretty easily. What about you? What's this deal? What are you in some kind of trouble? Do you need help? What deal? With oh, with old Nair Skyak? I... He's just my buddy. Uh, we got a deal. He looks over me, and I, I spread his joy around the world. And you're supposed to find something. Oh, I'm always looking for something. You, you ever heard of an, an, an eclipse? An eclipse? Like the alluring eclipse? Oh, I guess I'm not uh, sure what that is. I'm going to pull out my little alluring eclipse pendant that I got from Medlax Chamber. Like this. I hold the amulet out and I put the whole chain in your hand. This is a amulet for the alluring eclipse. I got this out of Medlax Chambers. And so, uh, Brax, if you would know that the notion of an eclipse, then you would kind of see kind of the, the moon-shaped crescent there, and it's definitely a stylized moon-shaped crescent over an eye there, but you would still take the concept of eclipse. Oh, well, no, I don't feel nothing. No magic changes, right, when I look at this eclipse. This isn't the eclipse you're looking for. Must not be, but I think I've been looking at the ground. It looks like maybe I should be looking up in the sky. Yeah. Is that what an eclipse is? An eclipse is when the moon is blocked out. Well, how often does that happen? Whenever something terrible is about to happen. I'm not an astronomer. It's a bad omen. Grom, you've seen one in your life. Well, it's a bad thing. I was, well, that's strange, because next time one happens and I see it, something good's going to happen. I remember that the, the shaman of our tribe, he told us that we shouldn't look for too long. He said the energies of the world shift in weird ways. He seemed to think that the power of our world was connected to the stars, and that it was an omen of dark portent. And that's all I know. But who knows the will of the wizards and people of magic? Can't say I have much of an understanding. Yeah, you said you got that little pendant from Medlac, too, so he knows stuff about eclipses. Man, we're going to have a lot of questions for this guy. I thought maybe we just run in there and take him out quick, like, but sounds like we might have to tie him up and ask him some questions. Well, why don't I give you this? And I... I leave the 
pendant with you. You might have more use of it than I. All right, well, thank you. If I understood correctly, that's the symbol for this odd cult of mages and wizards. Seemed like they were up to no good. Seemed like they were the start of these damned rubies. Seemed like Medlac was a smaller piece of that. But who knows? Either way, you now have an alluring eclipse amulet from Medlac's chamber. Slot on my pocket. I'd be careful who you let see that. Is this some kind of like a group sigil? I believe so. I don't know if there's any magic to it. I did use it as a key at one point. Not open up a door? That was the key to the giant vault that held all the rubies. It seems like ages ago. Maybe something you need for an eclipse is held by them. I'll take a key to a safe anytime. I'm not sure how safe it is. Sometimes it's easy to get in, but then you can't figure out how to get out. But I imagine I'll be with you if we get stuck in. Well, let's go then. <laughs> hey, you might have to lead me around for a bit. Yeah, how's that How's that scene with the, which is the one I... I'll be honest, the eye is gone, but I can feel the light on it. Well, shoot, well, I guess maybe she would probably just tell us to go to town if we asked her for an eye for you, huh? I don't know. I think she rather intends for me to not have one, or at least for the time being. She said I had to leave it, so I intend on letting it heal on its own. Grom's the only character in D&D that has a direction in combat. He can, all, he can now be surprised on his left side. No, no, I have alert. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have advantage even from them being unseen. So I don't need my damned eye ready to roll back in love. Yeah. I head back in for the third time. Third cup of tea. I suppose you'll be wanting this. She holds out a jar. I'm to grab it. Do I drink it or pour it on? You imbibe it. Does that mean drink it? Yes. Grom tilts it back and thinks and drinks it without a second thought. You drink that and you feel your joints start to loosen and your skin moisturize and you can tell that that is the solution. Boy, it just kind of been seasoned up and you don't realize how much was lost. Thank you. Thank you, oh. Auntie Marriott. You do help. My pleasure. I believe our last bit of business. Can you tell us the whereabouts of the sword? Oh, I believe that was part of the agreement. So, yes. And let me put this in terms with which you are familiar. The same Hydra that sought to subjugate is in possession of Azrulian's tooth. And roll me a knowledge history on that one if you'd like that is an awesome name. Eleven. That's about all you got. Is Azrulian the, that dog-faced demon? I... I've heard this Hydra nonsense before. What was the name of that group? You worked for him for a little while. Mukal. Mukal Holdings. So that's our Hydra. Well, I suppose that's everything we bargained for. Unless you have any questions, love. If no. it's okay if I still call you that. Of course. Well, I thank you, Aunt Marion. Is there anything more you require from us? It depends on the help you need. Do you require anything from me? Well, at this point, it seems like everything we're dealing with might possibly be at least material. So I don't think I do. But we know where you're at. May your wounds heal quickly. 
I have another question, I suppose. I know you want me to leave this, and leave it raw and open, but I ran into one of them little gnome fellers, and he had the most fantastical robot eye when it is healed with that nullify our arrangement. Our arrangement has been satisfied. What you do past this is on you. Well, you've helped me a great deal. I wasn't wanting to be disrespectful just because I hadn't been clear. Appreciation. I thank you, Auntie Marion. And I'll tip up my glass of tea one more time and drain it. And goodbye to you, Shepard. And I'll set my teacup down as I turn and stroll out the door. Travel safely. I'm afraid I don't know how to do that, Shepard. Wave my hand out. Just make sure I got the depth of the door right. I'm getting used to this a little bit. Still a little off. Yeah, depth perception is going to be a a thing for a minute. Just due from the pain in my head. It's ringing. Still excruciating. Barely standing up. I once got a wood chip in my eye. I thought that was bad. This is terrible. Well, at this point, we may not have a marriage right now, love. But at least you have the truth. On your own truth. I don't think our marriage has been nullified. Well... I'll be honest. The idea that you're married to me from a curse isn't overly appealing. I'll ask you again once we've traveled some more. Make no mistake, I thought it was real, and I was under no curse. I know. Thank you, Auntie. And I'll take my leave. She says, do be cautious, because he who caused the sickness holds the cure. Or rather, the catalyzer is the peacemaker. This has been Bedlam Social Hour, a D&D podcast, a Peace in the Chaos production. Please check out our new website at peaceinthechaosproductions.com. We hope you join us next time, and as always... Work hard and be kind. Is my wife still down here? No? She's gone. The elusive Jennifer has disappeared. (laughs) 